0: John Morosky is with us today. He's an investigative reporter for Real Clear Investigations. He had a story last month on a subject that I thought would interest our listeners. It has a long title, his article, that is, Queering Jesus How It's Going Mainstream at Progressive Churches and Top Divinity Schools. That is our topic today. Welcome, Mr. Morosky. Thank you very much. Glad to be on. Now, first, uh, what brought you to this phenomenon in the first place?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, um, I follow, you know, the topic of wokeness and related subjects o- uh, online. And I started seeing uh, this video went viral of this minister in Iowa praying to the God of Pronouns, the great queer one. <laughs> yes. And I thought, well, that's, that's really interesting. And, and I just started looking into it a little bit and I noticed that this wasn't the only church um, that they were um, that this was a little broader I just didn't know how deep it was my first assumption was that queer the queering Jesus and queering the Bible was going to be like an extension of gay rights and therefore claiming that really no more than equal status for trans and non-binary people within the church so doing the same thing with gay rights now exp- expanding that to queer people who is you know which is everybody else in the LGBTQIA 2s Plus uh, acronym, um, plus plus plus. Yeah, plus plus plus. A lot of pluses, and you know, and lots of other things there. So, but it turns out that queer uh, theology is actually much, much more radical. Basically, if I had to boil it down to a sentence, queer theology claims that queerness is the prelapsarian state of innocence. That when people were sexual omnivores. And that in our fallen state, humanity is prone to these sins of confinement like cis-heteronormativity, contractual marriage, and forced monogamy. But these are things that God is trying to liberate us from, and salvation is the ultimate liberation from these things. So it's like a total inversion of Christianity. that The salvific promise of God is to emancipate humanity from these fleshly corruptions of conventionality. And so it's... It's so radical and it sounds so unlikely and improbable, and yet it is available to be learned. You can study this in all the elite, uh, or many of the elite uh, uh, divinity schools, either through an entire seminar on queer theology or through readings in queer theology that are offered in other courses. It's just something that if you go to an elite divinity school like Yale, Harvard, uh, uh, Wake Forest, uh, Vanderbilt, Duke, you will come in contact with it to some degree, and you will certainly know students who are deep into it. Who are, you know? This is, their, this is their area of focus. It'll be like if you're going to medical school, you're going to run into people who are surgeons, and you're going to run into people who are cardiologists, even if you're not doing it yourself, and, and you have some familiarity with it.
0: You have several examples uh, right at the start of the article. I have to read one of them just so that we get... Well, what you said a moment ago, that this isn't just you know, gay rights, this is well beyond that. Here's one. The United Methodist Church boasts the first drag queen in the world to become a certified candidate for ordination. This traveling minister, who describes drag ministry as a, quote, divine duty, unquote, is lauded by a Florida pastor as an angel in heels. After appearing in that church in a sequin dress to deliver a children's sermon and denounce the privilege of whiteness and cisness, I guess that, that that's heterosexuality, yeah. cisgenderness. These examples, these examples, are 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 more common than people think, aren't they? Well, I think most people have no
1: idea that any of it's going on, so it's definitely more common than people think, since people think there's zero of it. And you know what's interesting about this. Uh, about this uh, drag queen minister is that this drag queen minister is being promoted by the United Methodist Church. It's actually United Methodist Church materials that are promoting it. And like Um, the PCUSA, the mainline Presbyterian Church, has an entire summer series on queering the Bible. This is there in their second year. They're doing queering the prophets. This year, last summer, it was queering the Gospel of Mark.
0: Right, You, you know that. And this is how they celebrate Pride Month. They're all yeah. in. Yeah. So pride. Oh, yeah. This. Pride is not just
1: accepting gay people on the same terms as straight people. Pride is now much, much broader. You know, it has to do with puberty blockers, drag queens, uh, conver- you know, conversions, uh, uh, transgender, I guess, transitions. Uh, you know, so it's it's much it's a much broader like panoply of human activity that goes far beyond gay issues, and a lot of gay people, you know, are not happy about it.
0: Yeah. You you know, I want to come back to that issue of uh, the the leadership of these churches and uh, the seminaries pushing this so hard. But let me just get a a semantic question here about the term queer or queer ring. You know, I started hearing it in graduate school back in the late 1980s. And you note here that this is several decades old. A lot of people think this is brand new. It's been percolating. In, in academia and, and some activist spaces for, for quite a while. But it was when I was finishing school, and even then I, I heard in its utterance something coy and mischievous, like we're queering this. We're taking this traditional, stable, common, common sense idea or practice, and we're going to distort it. We're going to, we're going to pervert it, although they would not find the term "pervert uh, pejorative at, at all uh, in in their outlook. that would be the, the the queering part of it. Do they believe even today that they're doing something daring and provocative and new?
1: You know it, I can't read people's minds, so I, I don't know. They certainly act like they believe it. So let's just let's just you know, for the sake of argument, say they they are they're, they're uh, sincere people, and when they act something out, they're sincere about what they're feeling. They're not being deceptive. So I would assume that they believe that queer, queering the Bible and queering Jesus and queering Christianity and queering the church is a sincere effort to get at the truth of what the original uh, disciples apostles um, intuited. You know, they basically are making this bold claim that, that the writers of the Bible, the prophets, the disciples, the apostles, Jesus and God, all together, they all intuited and understood a universal truth, the here and after we'll call it queer theory, that postmodernists, gender scholars, and queer the- theorists discovered independently 2,000 years later through diligent research and study. But they already mm-hmm. intuited all that and understood it. Uh, without the benefit of any kind of theology. It was just that that was reality to them. So, do they think they're being, you know, obviously there's an element of intellectual playfulness and perversion and coyness. They call it camp. They call it camp, right? And sort of yeah. in gay culture. Yeah. Uh, they also refer to cruising the scriptures, you know. So, obviously, they know they're being campy. Uh, they know they're being, uh, they're being. Um you know, uh, uh, kind of on, you know, a very edgy, right? It's very, it's a very edgy. It, 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 a lot of it is about shock value and a lot of it is about shocking the middle class. I think there's a French term for that. I forgot what it is, but shocking the middle class is like the ultimate.
0: la bourgeois. Yeah,
1: Epate le bourgeois. So we're doing a lot of that here. Le
0: bourgeois. Uh, and so. Um, well, well, you quote one line here and, and, and I think people should know this is not about, again, uh, just current behaviors—they're going after the core of Christian doctrine and biblical meaning. And you, you, they go so far as to say, as you quote, "Christian theology is a fundamentally queer enterprise. It's fundamentally queer, as you say, from the beginning." Yeah. Now, uh, hey, what's, are what? we? Is it, is it really? The, are, are they really? this successful in the teaching institutions?
1: They are literally taking the idea that what's on the margins, what has been marginalized, needs to be centered. So, queer people are marginalized, and if you center them, they become the fundamental enterprise, right? They are at the center now. So, this is like centering critical race theory centers blackness and decenters whiteness. So, here in queer theory, we're centering queerness and decentering cis heteronormativity, which is a total inversion. And I think they're totally sincere. They think that this produces greater joy, greater human fulfillment, greater happiness, and ultimately, this is the purpose of. Uh, this is really what the original writers of the scriptures were doing. And they claim to find all sorts of clues in the Bible that they uncover. It's kind of like numerology or gematria, where you're applying this esoteric, it's a kind of esoteric enterprise, and you're getting at some deeper hidden truth that conventional Christianity fails to see or willfully refuses to see. Um, I assume these people are sincere. Now, I also, you know, have a general understanding that you know, if you went to a divinity school, you would find people who are ministers who sort of play along with the narrative, but don't literally believe that Jesus walked on water. Don't literally believe that Jesus raised anyone from the dead. Don't literally believe that Jesus was resurrected. These are stories that we tell ourselves that, that, that they ex- express a certain deeper truth, but they themselves are his, kind of historical fictions. So maybe queer theologians are sort of operating on that level. I didn't have the privilege of interviewing any of these uh, you know any of these uh, actors or any of these uh, theologians themselves because um, they um, either didn't respond or they canceled the interviews so you know they sort of figured out that my article would not be cheerleading for them although I don't think that I was out to sort of doing a gotcha piece but you know I'm just trying to get at what they were what they're doing the the thing is about queer th- theology, if you look it up online, like if you look up the Wikipedia definition of queer theology, you, you get it, sort of, you don't get the whole thing. So for example, uh, Wikipedia tells you that queer theology is a theological method that has developed out of the philosophical approach of queer theory built upon scholars, which names a bunch of these scholars. And it says queer theology begins with the assumption that gender variance and queer desire have always been present in human history, including faith traditions and their sacred texts such as the Jewish scriptures in the Bible. But it doesn't really tell you that these are the things that are really the essence of God. Like the essence of God is queerness, right? What they're really saying is that these things have been present there besides beside or next to other kinds of sexual uh, desires. But really what queer theology is telling us they're centering queerness as the sort of core essence of divinity, right? That's what makes it so radical. That's what makes it different from... Sort of gay activism, which has basically said gay people are like everybody else, but this is not. This is going far beyond that. So, and it also makes all sorts of other kind of, you know, I would say epistemological claims that uh, that God is essentially unstable. The nature of God is unstable. Uh, the nature of God is uh, ever changing, and ultimately, the, the divinity, is, and that's, that runs counter to Christian theology, right, and Jewish theology, that God is the most stable thing in the universe. It's the only thing in the universe that's truly stable and unchanging. Uh, holiness requires transgressing the law and breaking laws, you know, s- sexual laws and sexual conventions. Divine law breaks every binary and challenges all categories, including the concept of identity. Identity is ultimately not even real. It's an illusion. Um, and so that seems to me like it raises all sorts of questions that should be answered. Like, what does that mean for a functioning human society? But these questions, I really didn't see them answered. The only thing I you know, I could see is... That, and the other thing I need to point out here that I didn't make... Uh, I sort of didn't make this point in the article. It sort of occurred to me after the fact, but I want to make this point, is that so the, the telos, or purpose of sex, is not reproduction, right? It's pleasure. And it's not even just pleasure, but it's like pure ecstasy. So queerness is like is the ultimate sexual liberation, and it's the mark of grace. But ultimately, I made a note about this. Um, it, 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 it's, uh, hold on a minute. Uh, well, I, I forgot the point. I was, I was uh, Oh, here it is. I didn't see anything in these writings about prayer, ritual, service sacrifice or discipline right what i saw that it's singularly focused on maximal self gratification and that to me is a red flag that you're dealing with something that is sort of cultish right and i and i'm using the word objectively now not just cultish from the perspective of conventional christianity but even cultish just from a maybe like a definitional perspective because i i didn't see the youth all the other components of a religion like maybe like dietary restrictions or rituals in worship. You know, I didn't really see now. Maybe there are books in queer theology. I, I only read six, and I basically inhaled them in two weeks. And maybe there are other books that get into that. But I but these books I've, I've got to. I started feeling like I'm, they're getting repetitive. And so um, hmm. that to me was really like an important like a warning sign that we're dealing with something that is claims to be a true religion but is missing some core elements that you you would expect to see in a religion and are would be deserving of having a serious conversation with a queer theologist. like why are these things not
0: there yeah you you know you 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 look at the curricula of some of the schools you take examples from duke harvard wake forest where you find sort of queer theology but subspecialties in, in queer theology that it, that, it, it, that it does have many elements like a lot of research enterprises does. Is there really a large enough audience for this? I mean, the students are, many of them are all in. They are, they are queer theology warriors. They, they go on strike, they demand things, but John, how many of them are there? I don't I mean is, no. is this making the seminaries the teaching institutions more popular? Are they getting more applications? Yeah, that's a question that's are great questions and
1: ultimately these this is a kind of theology that exists with, you know, environmental activist theology and climate activist theology and other kinds of sort of liberation theologies and they're all they all believe that this social justice activism is a core component of theological work and i think they are fully committed to it and they see that as uh you know as the future of modern you know metropolitan churches because people aren't going to believe in the fairy tales of virgin births and you know god's appearing from the heavens and god's turning bushes into fire but what a modern enlightened population this is designed for, you know, a postmodern, highly educated uh, population of people who are um, not going to believe in, you know, old fashioned, archaic or antiquarian mythologies. So this is the these are the religions of the future. They're trying to develop the religions of the future for a futurist society, which is the way I, I see what they're doing here. It's it's tied in with technology and medicine and Uh, you know, a lot of basically engineering of societies and creating and bettering the human race.
0: Let's pause for a moment to ask if you were looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium. That's the University of Dallas in Irving, Texas. Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the university offers an exceptional liberal arts education with undergraduate and graduate programs in arts and sciences, business, and ministry, as well as a campus in Rome, Italy, all of them preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. John, let me ask you to give your own opinion. Do, I mean, I, I guess the leadership believes uh, that, you know, the Methodist, the Presbyterian, PCUSA, they've lost a ton of people the pews are emptying in those churches do you think that this will reverse that trend at all i think yeah so that's you know a good question so what i think what
1: happens is that so take the take the uh, methodists right the methodists the united methodist church just split and so they the, you have the global methodist churches is the conservative branch and they've separated so when a church like that separates what it leaves behind is a kind of a pure, pure, more intense form hmm. of of the of the belief system that caused the split. The conservatives are likely to be more conservative. The liberals or the progressives are likely to be more progressive. And there, in that more progressive space, where you no longer have conservatives wagging their fingers or objecting, it's a much more, uh, much more accommodating uh, space for queer theology. So you will see it thrive in those environments because mm-hmm. there's no there are no conservatives left right. to object to it. You, you, right? that, it becomes kind of basically like a college campus where there's no there's there's no space for debate. The the issue has been settled. Everybody knows what the truth is. It's just a question of how loudly you yell it
0: at this point. Right. You, you yeah. quote so I think you, you yeah. quote one leader in the movement, Doctor Robert Shore Gross, and you you note his claim that Jesus was in fact the point of his ministry was to subvert patriarchy and heterosexism that's what he was really about and his historical contention is that sometime around the the the, uh, emperor constantine that queer legacy was obscured lost destroyed is there any sign that non-queer theologists are taking that a claim like that seriously, or is this still just a, a, a group of queer theologies, theologians talking to one another?
1: I think it's the latter. I don't see it, it, I mean I, you know've i I've only I, I, it took me several weeks to work on that art actually over a month, so it's not like I spent two or three or four years immersed in it. Yeah. I didn't see any evidence that mainstream theologians are engaging with this theology and taking it seriously. So I think they're underestimating its influence, but I also think they're not really, there's nobody really making, you know, what's really happening is queer theology is challenging conventional Christian claims. Mm. There's a book called, there's a book that's over a thousand pages long that queers every book of the Old and New Testament and it reinterprets it according to queer Uh, queer apologetics so but there is no counter response um for uh, i think basically in academia it's difficult to engage with these topics and to be critical without being called a transphobe right right because you you immediately come into uh you immediately then trigger violations of the anti-harassment codes which are to prevent that you can't make queer people feel uncomfortable or threatened right and so it's hard to challenge these ideas in a but, but, Even in a civil way.
0: But, but John, it's okay to make biblical believers, fundamentalists, feel challenged and threatened. That's a good thing.
1: Well, that's that's <laughs> a moral duty. <laughs> that's what God wants. Right, right? That's right. why God put us on this planet.
0: Ah, right? yes, yeah. yes, yes.
1: Now, you know, the students yeah, it, it only works one way, right? <laughs> because it only works one way. Because in this system of thought, uh, those who have power are morally obligated to submit to those who lack power. Right. Right? Now, and so those who have power are defined by those who lack power.
0: What are they going when, uh, when to uh, do when they have power?
1: What um, are they going to do when they have power? They, of well, course, are going to open up spaces
0: uh, for conservatives to thrive, to speak, to be... They're going to prize conservative dissent, correct?
1: They're, gonna, they're going to host debate tournaments. <laughs> and they're going to host viewpoint diversity yes, contests. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. great. And, uh, you know, and who can write the best essay challenging
0: our beliefs? Uh, indeed. You know that.
1: We, yeah. That's, so those are all the things that are not likely to happen.
0: Now, um, you know, one event at Duke Divinity School, the students walked out during the dean's state of the school speech, protesting the lack of a queer theology course. Uh, now, what happened after that is all the students were disciplined. Some of them were expelled. Is that correct? Or did something else happen?
1: Something actually the reverse happened. They now have a uh, certificate in you know queer and gender and sexuality uh, components within theology. Yeah. So where they privilege the questions of gender and sex, so they ask the questions from that perspective. And let me tell you what that leads to. I want just want to lead you a little passage from one of the books I read. Um, so queerness and divergence from sexual and gender norms have been located more directly in Jesus's body through a literal. Reading of the virgin birth, so now they're doing literalism saying we're going to be fundamentalists too, yeah. through a literal reading of the virgin birth, it is possible to argue that Jesus lacked a y chromosome right because he didn't have a physical male father, his father was up in the heavens, so he lacked a y male a y chromosome carried only by sperm at the same time Jesus clearly presented as a male, and as such we might read jesus's body as intersex so Jesus was intersex we have Fundamentalist, literalist proof, right through the virgin birth. That's the kind of readings that they do. That's that's a common one.
0: Any 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 chance of bringing back the Inquisition? No. Uh,
1: well, it wouldn't be called the Inquisition. It would be called it would be called the moral purification of the saints. Ah, okay, okay. And it would be. Uh, so it would be it would be called the intersectional Inquisition.
0: Now, uh, if again, if you oh 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 back back to. Uh, Sure, gross. You've got an interesting little episode. He agreed to an interview with you, didn't he? What then happened? Uh, so he sent
1: me an email and he said that um, he, he said, uh, he, it's in the story. Yeah. We had it all set up, we were ready to go. And he told me to get on my website and you know, read my website so you can think of some good questions. I have vast amounts of information on my website. He does have a really uh, fully developed uh, website with lots of links. Um, and so I was ready to get on and I get an email and it's a kind of a rushed email. And it says, I, I'm, you know, I just looked up real queer and it, and it looks like a Republican organization. Um, and so I, unfortunately I'm going to have to, you know, I, you know, how, I forgot how he phrased it, but he said, that, you know, these queer people are saintly and, and wholesome and I'm not going to let you I'm not going to participate with you in the you know, cultural genocide of, of LGBTQ people. He, yeah. I, so, I, I want people let can...
0: jump. He actually used yeah. that phrase. Cultural den- genocide of LGBTQ plus people. That's what you're engaged in. You know, people can judge for themselves.
1: People can read the article <laughs> and I and tell me and send me an email if they thought that I was committing cultural genocide, or if I if I was um, if I was. But I want to you know what, what exactly he thinks I was doing. I want to read you another passage that was not included in the article, just so you can get a flavor of who this person is. So, in the book *Queer Theologies: The Basics* by Chris Green Gow, which came out in 2020, he describes uh, he has a passage about Robert Goss, which is the he's the person who uh, didn't want to participate in the cultural genocide. And it says here, the union of Christ and and Christian in the Eucharist can be seen as a fusion of bodies. All right. So again, you have the coming together of body, which is sex, using images which are shaped by sexual ideas. The sexual imagery of intimate experiences through the Eucharist is developed by Robert Goss in his essay, Passionate Love for Christ, Out of the Closet into the Streets. Goss writes that in celebrating the sacrament of the Eucharist, quote, I envisioned making love to Jesus. I felt myself become sexually aroused and I climaxed in an orgasmic union with Jesus to Christ. Jesus was my gay lover. So this is the person who did not want to participate in the interview with me. Um, now, there's another passage in the same book I want to read to you, which is also shows how things, when I say this is a total inversion of conventional Christianity. Um, now, the author, Chris, Chris Greenguy, was referring to a queer theologian, and I, and I cut and pasted this phrase, and I forgot the name. I, don't, I didn't cut the name of the theologian, so it's just a he in here. Returning to the fundamental meaning of fidelity, so he's talking about marital fidelity. He, which is the queer theologian whose name I don't have listed here, proposes a new relational norm, queer fidelity. Okay. Now listen to what queer fidelity is as opposed to as opposed to cis heteronormative fidelity. This ethic entails vows of radical honesty, deep loyalty, and substantive accountability, which together may sustain a strong but flexible bond characterized by mutual care, hospitality, and Here's the key word, embrace of the stranger. So embrace of the stranger just means hooking up with strangers. (laughs) He argues, in fact, that such queer fidelity is a more faithful Christian structure for human relationality than exclusivity. Exclusivity is monogamy. Yeah, You're excluding other people. So really, polyamory yeah. is a more faithful Christian structure, right? That's how they argue. So <clears throat> this is a total inversion of conventional Christianity. Whether it's a cult, whether it's a heresy, I'll leave it to your listeners to decide. But I think just from a conventional perspective, this is quite radical. Because you're talking about creating a church that would promote this.
0: Now, right? in academia this movement the queer movement has prospered expanded fantastically it's amazing how it has swept through the institutions and and become the most i I think it's one of the most powerful dogmas in in academia uh and now in in the churches themselves what do you see outside academia as the power grows inside academia in in the leadership zones of the churches, uh, it it becomes more visible to the broader world. Are they winning in the broader world or are they hitting some serious walls?
1: Okay, I mean, in terms of like, let's take the democratic party, right? So queer theory is now a core plank of the democratic party, right? You can read Department of Health and Human Services documents where they talk about sex assigned at birth, not even gender, but sex assigned at birth. Right. Um, Where, you know, the Biden and I'm not trying, I'm not trying to be political, but these are just statements of fact. The Biden administration uh, hangs uh, transgender flags, not even gay flags, but transgender flags on U.S. embassies in the summertime all around the world. Yeah. You know, by 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 authority of the White House. I don't know how you could call this as anything other than a total victory, at least within one political party. Now, I privately know Democrats who don't fully agree with it, but they also don't publicly disagree with it, right? And so I consider that a major victory, right? A major political, social, cultural uh, and a victory. It's a total transformation. I mean, in a sense, what's happening in academia uh, is that it's creating young ambitious politically ambitious uh, young people who then go out and work in political parties, right? So they, these are the kinds of people who study these kinds of things um, and then they you know they work in politics and they work in political organizing. And there's a several decade delay before it enters the mainstream, right? So you, if you want to know what's going to be in the mainstream, look at what's you know what's being developed. What are the sort of uh, theoretical and experimental ideas in academia today? It's not queer theory. Queer theory is now, I would say, is kind of a, the mainstream idea. You can't really challenge it without being violating um, codes of ethics that prevent that, that barred the, the humiliation or harassment of gender nonconforming people. So it's very difficult to challenge these ideas. Yeah.
0: The article is Queering Jesus, How It's Going Mainstream at Progressive Churches and Top Divinity Schools. It was in Real Clear Investigation. John Morosky, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to our conversation, which has been supported by Wyoming Catholic College, which combines great books, the Catholic tradition, and the great outdoors of the American West into an extraordinary education. Go to wyomingcatholic.edu or contact the admissions office at 877-332-2930.